0: Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving Podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 33 of the Believing and Achieving podcast. First of all, I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you here listening and tuning in. Um, I had a friend that I went to lunch with the other day who always listens to my podcasts and if you're listening, you know who you are, Um, but it really just completely made my entire day um, just hearing the feedback that she had on the podcast and how she's been enjoying it. So, If you have been enjoying the podcast, share with your friends, um, send to family members um, if you think it can help someone. And yeah, I just appreciate every single one of you guys being here. But to kind of hop into today's topic, we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions, fitness goals, my thoughts, and how to program your workouts to achieve a desired goal. Um, Whether that goal is body fat loss, toning up, gaining weight, Or maintaining finding a workout routine that is structured and one that you can stick to is going to be the most important aspect to achieving any goal which is why we're going to chat about creating sustainable and consistent goals for the new year so let's hop right in Um, first off New Year's resolutions and my thoughts so New Year's resolutions can be such a positive way to enforce change in our lives Um, Maybe we've had a mentally crappy couple of months. Maybe we are just craving an exciting challenge. Whatever it may be, when the new year rolls around, it can feel like a fresh start and opportunity for personal growth, a time to reflect on everything we've experienced and what we have learned. It's super awesome to be able to set new goals and to be more excited and motivated. However, as we know, Motivation doesn't always last when we set these goals. So initially we might be really motivated in the beginning, but that motivation is going to wear off. Um, In fact, according to Better Humans publication, motivation only lasts 66 days, which means that once our motivation runs out, we are not going to have the desire to pursue a given goal anymore. This could result in two months of hard work and then boom, we are back to our old ways and we have basically thrown all of our goals out the window. Um, And this is where I personally struggle with New Year's resolutions because everybody talks about setting goals, but nobody talks about sustaining goals. I'm going to give you guys a little example here. So a person may set out to lose 20 pounds in two months. That is an average of three pounds per week. Maybe that doesn't sound too bad to you, but remember that there are 3,500 calories in a pound of fat, meaning to lose three pounds of fat a week, you would have to eat in a 1,500 calorie deficit every day, which is going to leave you, number one, ravenous, number two, irritable, and number three, low energy, and probably unhappy. Like, you're not going to be able to enjoy any meals out. Heck, thirty or 1,500 calories could be someone's entire calorie amount for the entire day. So, basically, they wouldn't eat anything all day. Um, so, with the considerations of how it's going to make you feel, does that make sense to have that ambitious of a goal? Um, you hear this all the time, But people underestimate what they can do in a year and overestimate what they can do in a couple of months. So if we were to look at someone who had a sustainable goal, um, for example, let's say this person were to try to lose 20 pounds over the course of a year, that would be a 200 calorie deficit each day. 200 calories. That's like a protein bar or maybe two pieces of fruit. Like, that's really small, right? And you don't think that that little small calorie deficit is going to do much day by day. But small acts compounded over time create big results. And this is where the sustainability aspect of things comes back into play. Is who is more likely to give up in this situation? Is it the person who is going super hard and not eating anything? Or is it the person who barely feels like they're dieting because their calorie deficit is super easy to maintain? So with all of this information considered, let's all try to set realistic and sustainable goals. Not even try, let's just do it. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. Let's not attempt. Let's just go for that because as we can see, it is going to help us and benefit us long-term. And so I want to go deeper into setting sustainable and realistic health and fitness goals. So how do we do that is the question, right? How do we set sustainable and realistic health and fitness goals? And the only reason I have any authority on talking about this is because of my experiences. I have opened up a little bit, you know, over social media and over other podcast episodes. But the reason that fitness is something that I am good at now is because I spent years failing at it. I can resonate with those who started a diet at the beginning of the year only to get two weeks in and and give up completely and not make any progress towards the goal they're going after. Or the person who is struggling with discipline or consistency. I have also been there. There were days where I went You know, a whole week without working out. And I didn't really care. Like, I just didn't really have the knowledge or desire to take care of myself because I didn't find a routine that was sustainable for me. And so it took me years of refinement and work to finally figure out okay, this is what works. This is what I'm going to stick to. And I'm going to feel good doing it. Um, And I think that's where most people fall short within their goals is they believe that they have to sacrifice happiness and enjoyment for the goals that they are going after, which is not true. And if anything, I think that's going to lead you down the path of quitting at some point because you can only put up with with something you hate for so long um, until it becomes overwhelming. So I'm really happy that we're talking about the sustainability of these goals in health and fitness specifically as well because a lot of people I think really struggle with that and I know I have in the past too. So if you're currently struggling with that, know that you're not alone. Um, Everyone goes through the hard before they get the good and it's just a matter of being willing to keep failing until you finally get it. Um, It takes a lot of failing to get there too. So anyway, starting with the first point. So this is the most important I believe is number one, Not focusing so much on the outcomes. And at first you may hear that thinking, um, how do you not focus on the desired outcome? Because you want something, you're going after it, you should be measuring progress. And while I agree, I also believe that if you only think about what you want to achieve without considering how you will get there, it's like planning a trip without knowing the route. So it's important to focus on the steps that you need to take, like following a map, and not just the place you want to reach. This way you can enjoy the journey and be more successful in the end. And I think it's always good to have the large goal, you know, in the back of your mind, but when you're focused on the next step in front of you, that is when you are going to feel the most rewarded, Because you're constantly achieving, right? You're constantly hitting that goal. And so it helps you build the momentum and the trust within yourself to actually know like, hey, I can do this. I can hold myself to this goal or this standard. And that's where I think it's going to help each and every one of us to be more successful with setting these sustainable goals. So number two for setting sustainable goals is breaking it down like way down, smaller than you think. As we saw with the weight loss goal, a 200 calorie deficit is enough to lose 20 pounds over the course of the year. Really think about that. 200 calories out of your day each day is enough to lose 20 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Um, and you may look at that amount and think it will do nothing, but clearly it does something in, in a lot more enjoyable and sustainable way. And so I want to emphasize that there is no problem with setting huge goals. There's no problem, okay? The problem comes when we don't break it down into small enough pieces to take the actions necessary, And that's where a lot of people get stumped is they set these major goals, but they break them down to a point where it's not comfortable enough for them to take action yet. And taking action on something new is already uncomfortable. So you want to make it as easy as possible for you to take the actions necessary. Um, And this is kind of where the idea of reverse engineering comes in. So that's like what I said, where you start with this big goal and desired outcome, and then you break it down. To what you can realistically, keyword realistically, execute week after week. So for example, to the person who is really considering starting a podcast this year, which I know many of you have thought about it and maybe are considering it and want to do it, um, this is how small of steps, like this is what it would look like. So day one, you're going to watch three videos on the best type of podcast equipment, Okay that's it for day one. You, you've you done the work. Now you're going to go to day two. So day two, you're going to watch three videos on which platform to host it on and how to set up your profile. And then on to day three, you'll start ordering the equipment and set up your profile. Does that make sense? Like, do you see how small these actions are? It's like, you want to make them almost impossible not to do because they are so easy. Um, like even if you if your goal was to read for the whole year and you made the choice to read one page that day, that would be good. That'd be enough to move on. Okay. You did one page. Then the next day you do two pages and then you do three pages and you build on things in such a slow manner that it makes it almost impossible not to do it because it's so easy. Um, so yeah, like I said, the smaller daily goals we can create and achieve, the more likely we are... To sustain our efforts long term, which our goal should always be long term, if I haven't already said that enough on this episode. (laughs) So, anyway, okay. Point three I hope you guys are getting value from this. Um, Share with a friend, share with someone who may really benefit from this knowledge of setting sustainable goals. Maybe you have a family member that you're doing 75 hard with, maybe you have a family member who or friend who is going after some goals. Send this podcast to them so they can really get the results they're looking for and not just get a quick fix like we've been talking about um, because we know that those are not sustainable long term. So number three, throwing the all or nothing mindset out the freaking window, okay? The all or nothing mindset is the reason that so many people struggle to take action. And I know this because this is what I've struggled with. The mindset was always, once I start my diet and once I get fit, I'll then be confident in my body. Or once I start working out consistently, then I'll love myself. Or like it's always if then I will. And it's like if is already implying that it's not going to happen. It's it should just be I will, right? Not if. And so And so the biggest thing to recognize when it comes to the all or nothing mindset from my own experience is realizing that circumstances will never be perfect. And I'm saying that really slow so that we can all take it in. Circumstances will never be perfect. And we only have control over a portion of our lives. We don't have control over every single outcome. But we do have control of the actions we choose to take. And this is where I think the all or nothing mindset really gets to all of us is we think that we have to be at a perfect circumstance in order to take action when in reality we just need to do it, right? And part of that is just understanding that there's going to be difficult days. But just because the day is difficult doesn't mean we have to skip out on executing, we may need to do something a little bit different. We need to adapt to the circumstance, but it doesn't mean we have to give up completely. Um, I wanna give a little bit of an example of this. So let's say you had the intention of a hard weightlifting workout early before work, but you happen to miss your alarm and roll out of bed 30 minutes before you're supposed to be in the office. Raise your hand if you have done that. I'm like raising my hand over here. I have definitely missed an alarm or two in my life for sure um instead of skipping a workout slash moving your body you swap the hard weightlifting workout for an evening stroll or better yet do a follow-along workout on youtube when you get home from work so you still made your workout a part of your day but you may not have been able to execute on the exact thing you wanted to because your schedule was a little bit off but it doesn't mean that you have to give up altogether is this making sense I hope this is making sense to everyone. Consistent imperfect execution is more important than inconsistent perfect execution. Plus, humans and perfection is not really possible, is it? We aren't perfect and we never will be here, at least on earth. Um, so, the fourth point I wanted to make was we need to make our fitness routine Something that is somewhat enjoyable and something that we look forward to. You know what? I think that is more important than getting a desired result. Because when you become consistent with moving your body, you get results by nature, okay? It doesn't really necessarily matter so much in the beginning, like, what you choose. Obviously, as we know, all personal trainers, all fitness coaches are going to, like, preach in your face that weightlifting is the key And it is for getting toned for sure. But if you don't enjoy weightlifting, it does not make sense to do it in the beginning. You need to nail the habit of consistently working out before you can focus on what is optimal for the results you're going for. I want to give a little example here. So have you ever been in a class in school where you literally felt like you were hearing gibberish like everything you were hearing was useless, unimportant, unapplicable to anything but the assignment or the learning objective of the class period that day. Raise your hand if that has happened to you. I wish I could see your hands. Mine are raised. Um, and that's how math was for me. I don't know if you guys felt that way about math, but I always felt like it was not applicable, unimportant, useless, etc. Um, so we've all been there. And The point I want to drive home is let us not make our fitness routines something that is like that, that is boring, monotonous, confusing, or something we feel like we are wasting our time on. Let's make our fitness routines something we actually enjoy. So something that really helped me with enjoying my routine was having a meal and caffeine before my workout. And I know it's not out of the ordinary to drink caffeine before. Most people will either have it in their pre-workout or their coffee. Um, But I don't see everyone eating before they work out. A lot of people I know may have like digestive issues or be sensitive to foods um, when they eat before they work out. However, the question really comes down to, would you fill up your car if you're going on a long drive? Yes, right? You probably would. So same thing goes for us humans. Our bodies are like a machine. And when we fuel them with with food and with energy, we are able to run better. We are able to perform better. And so I always suggest to everyone to eat before. And not only do I suggest eating before, but eating the right things before. And this is coming from a performance standpoint. So if you really care about optimizing your performance and um, really smashing your session in the gym, you're going to want to pay attention to what you eat beforehand. So the basis for all pre-workout meals is typically something that is lower in fat, moderate in protein, and highest in carbs. And that is because carbs are the body's main source of energy. And they are going to be what fuels your body during the workout, during the exercise. And depending on how closely you work out to now. So let's say I was working out in 30 minutes to an hour from now that's going to change what type of carbs I eat. So if I am working out 30 minutes to an hour from now, I'm going to want something that's quick acting so it doesn't take a long time to digest. And that's going to be things like rice cakes. It's going to be things like dried fruit or regular fruit. It's also going to be things like Rice Krispie Treats. Those are low in fat, higher in sugar. That's why you may see over TikTok or Instagram that people will always have a Rice Krispie Treat before they go and work out. And so if I were to be working out in two to three hours from now, I might want something that's higher in fiber. So something like oats or whole grains paired with maybe a little bit more fat. Um, You still want to keep the fats relatively low so you can absorb those carbs as quickly as possible. But if your workout is a couple hours out, you are fine to really just put like a regular amount of fats. Um, So yeah, I hope that can help going into exercise programming and how to program your workouts according to your goals. So what I'm going to break down here to help um, all of us really understand what is best for us is the NASM Optimum Performance Training Model. So what this is, is this is a model of um, five different phases. So the five different phases are going to be stabilization endurance, strength endurance, muscular development, maximal strength, and power. Um, And so before we get into each phase, I want to break down and define a couple of terms we will need to know in order to understand how to create our own exercise programming for our desired goals. And the reason I want to describe each phase is to help you diagnose where you are at. Because some people um, just, you know, this is how I started too. So we kind of all do this. We just start looking things up, you know, we just use Google or Safari or whatever to start looking up random workouts and exercises, but we really have no idea what is optimal for us. Um, And so this model can help us to kind of diagnose where each and every one of us are at. And it's what I learned when I got certified as a personal trainer. So before we get into that though, let's define some of these terms. So sets, Um, A set is doing a group of exercises together. So if you're doing 10 push-ups in a row, that is one set of push-ups. On to the next term, reps. So reps are how many times you do a specific exercise in a set. So if you do 15 jumping jacks in a row, that is 15 reps. Okay, on to the next. So volume. Volume is the total amount of work you do in a workout. It's figured out by looking out how many sets and reps you do and how much weight you use. Um, Next is stability. So stability is how well your body or joints can stay in control during exercises. It's practicing balance and control while doing certain movements. Endurance. Endurance is how long your muscles can keep going without getting tired. It's how many times you can run around the block without needing a break. Strength. Strength is about how much power your muscles have to lift or push things. It's getting stronger by lifting heavy weights during exercises. Tempo. Tempo is how fast or slow you do an exercise like counting how long it takes to lift and lower weights during a bicep curl. Okay, deep breaths. That was a lot of information to take in. Um, I tried to read it slow. If you guys need to go back and listen to any term, feel free to do so. Um, So we're going to start with phase one. Phase one, stabilization endurance. This is going to be for someone who has never stepped foot in a gym or worked out on their own. So if you are a beginner... Stabilization endurance is where you should start, okay? Most people outgrow this phase very quickly. Four to six weeks is the recommended amount of time working on stabilization endurance. This phase is all about building a solid foundation for more advanced phases. Stabilization endurance, like the name, is going to train your body to be able to be stable and endure activities for a longer period of time with the focus on lower intensity, higher rep ranges, and greater volume. So the recommended rep ranges for stabilization endurance are typically 12 to 20. So this is like, I would almost put stabilization endurance as like Pilates or um, bar. Those are super good examples um, because they're super high, high reps. Sets in stabilization endurance are going to be about one to three and the tempo is going to be slow and controlled again we are just nailing the foundational movements so that when we do progress to harder more intense workouts and lifts that we have our form correct and we can prevent injuries going forward so i wanted to let you guys know for each of these phases i'm going to have a link in the show notes to a workout program. So if you are in phase one, if you are in phase two, whatever the phase is, okay, there is going to be a workout for you, completely free. You're just gonna need to put your email and your name, and then you can download it, keep it forever, and I hope you use it, I hope it's useful for you. So I just wanted to throw that in here. But moving on to the next phase, which is going to be strength endurance. So the strength endurance phase is going to be next in progression, um, this phase focuses on building on the foundational stability with greater intensities and heavier weights. So as mentioned before, each of these are just a progression from the other, each phase. Um, so the suggested rep ranges for strength endurance are lower than stabilization endurance. They are about 8 to 12. The suggest- suggested sets are about 2 to 4. And the rest times are about 30 to 60 seconds. Exercise examples for the strength endurance phase are going to be weighted goblet squats, dumbbell rows, and then bodyweight step-ups. So the thing about each of these phases is that each exercise is not going to be really directed towards one phase. The only difference between each phase is going to be the intensities and the um, weights involved. So like the first phase, you're really not going to be using weights. The second phase, you're going to be starting to incorporate weights. And then the third phase, which we are going to be talking about now, muscular development is going to include the most amount of weights. So the muscular development phase is going to be where bodybuilders hang out. If you want to look like a bodybuilder, you're going to hang out here. Um, It is the phase where you will build the most amount of muscle and achieve the quote unquote toned look through the building of muscle and loss of body fat. So losing body fat and gaining muscle can be done with higher intensities and heavier weights. Um, And the way you increase intensity can be, you know, there's multiple ways, which we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, So the suggested rep ranges are about six to 12 reps per set. Sets are going to be about three to five. Rest times are going to be about 30 to 90 seconds. And some exercise examples are going to be barbell squats, bench press, leg press, lat pull downs, etc. Again, reminding you guys that the full body workouts for each of these phases are going to be linked in the show notes. So make sure you download those. Um, phase four, maximal strength. So phase four is going to be Um, focused on increasing the maximum force a muscle can generate through the lifting of heavy loads with the end goal of increasing muscular strength. So think power lifters and strongmen, people who are lifting super heavy and doing compound movements. So so the suggested um, rep ranges for this one is going to be about one to five reps. Sets are going to be about four to six, and then rest times are going to be about two to three minutes. So Quite a big jump in comparison to the first three phases on rest times, but that is because in this phase we are lifting as heavy as we possibly can, and without the proper rest in between sets, it's a lot of havoc on both the central nervous system and the body. So the body needs that time to recover and it needs extra um, in comparison to the first three. So moving on to the last and final phase of the NASM OPT model, it's going to be phase five, which is power. So, this phase aims to enhance the rate of force production, combining strength and speed. So, think athletes, people who are doing agility, but also having their weight training days while having practices. They're a really good example of people who are practicing phase five. Um, suggested reps for this is about one to five reps per set. Suggested sets are about three to five sets per exercise, and And the rest times are about two to five minutes. So quite long rest times, but um, it is needed for both lifting heavy and um, pushing the cardio as hard as you can in this phase. So we talked about a ton today. We talked about New Year's resolutions, creating sustainable routines and goals, and we also talked about exercise programming and how to make our workouts structured for our goals. So like I had mentioned, there is five different workouts linked in the show notes based on what phase you are at according to the NASM OPT model. So, put in your email and your name and you will have that resource to use for the rest of the year. And even better, let's say you progress, you can come back and get the next step up pretty much. So, the reason I provide this free resource is it's definitely something I wish I had when I first started working out. It would have been great to have someone's knowledge on what I should start at and um, kind of like what I should be putting in my workout for my desired result. So I hope that these tips and thoughts and education can help you guys going forward. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in today and have a blessed rest of your day and you guys mean the world. Thanks for listening.